With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What's going on, everyone? Welcome into the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Football Podcast. My name is Kyle Yates, and I am your host, and we are back. I want to talk about this right off the top here. I do apologize that we have been off for the last two weeks here. Uh, obviously, as many of you know, a couple weeks ago, I was dealing with the loss of one of my best friends and co-workers here at Fantasy Pros, Mike Taglier. Needed a step away from doing some podcasts, and then last week, uh, was trying, still struggling to get my feet underneath me, and... A lot of things going on in the air. So we are back this week and every week moving forward with a rotating guest. And one of the guests here, or the guest that we have here today, excuse me, is one of my favorite people in the industry. That is Garrett Price. He can be found on Twitter at Dynasty Price, and he is a writer and podcaster for Dynasty Nerds. Garrett, how we doing, brother? Dude, I'm doing really well. I uh, I always look forward to coming in here, hanging out, uh, talking with you about prospects. So uh, anytime you always ask me, it's always a quick, yep, yep, I'll make it work. Yep. I'm in. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I'm excited to have you here. Before we get talking about our week five recap here, do want to make sure that everyone knows that we still have the Javante Williams signed helmet giveaway going on courtesy of our friends at Pristine Auction. To learn more about this, just head over to fantasypros.com slash dynasty contest. Again, that is fantasypros.com slash dynasty contest. All right, Garrett, let's get right into it, man. Let's talk about some sell-high players here. And I want to turn this over to you first. We're looking at week five and some of these players that we want to take advantage of what they did here this past week and potentially ship them off for a premium value. So let's talk to you here first. Who is your first sell-high player? My first sell-high, and uh, this is a little bit of a spoiler alert, it's going to uh, to go into my buy low as well. But uh, at this point, I am absolutely selling Melvin Gordon in Dynasty for anything that I can get. Hmm. Uh, the The biggest reason is the more I watch Javante Williams, the more I see him play, the more I know that the writing's on the wall. Melvin Gordon is a good player. He's a veteran. But this is his last year of his deal uh, in Denver. He's not locked up beyond this point. There's no reason to pay a, a veteran the amount of money that they're paying him. So they're not going to re-sign him. And all of these running backs, once they hit that 25, 26, 27, things start to get a little bit murky. And you only have a special few that can continue on and touch 30, 31 years old as a running back. So the end is here. The end is near. But there are so many teams 
that are desperate for running back help right mm-hmm. now. We've seen so many teams lose their starting running backs. I mean, just yesterday we saw Saquon Barkley go down again. We saw Clyde Edwards-Alaire go down. We're not sure what's going on with Joe Mixon. He was kind of back this week, kind of not. Uh, David Montgomery went down a couple weeks ago. We had the three young studs go down in the offseason. Like, there's just right. a, just a myriad. CMC's not even back yet. So there's just a myriad of injuries at the running back position right now. And you get to a point in your season where you're like, oh my gosh, I'll just, I'll pay anything. Just give me someone to put my starting lineup because my receivers are great. My tight ends are great. My quarterback's great. But I, I literally don't have anybody that can get me points <laughs> right. at the right. running back position. I think Melvin Gordon could be a sneaky sell to just capitalize on on value right now so i completely agree with you that like melvin gordon in a vacuum right is someone that i'm looking to ship off because like you said the writing is on the wall but the question does become with so many teams needing running backs it let's say that you have two of the top tier running backs on your roster right now you're you're kind of set there melvin gordon is your rb3 maybe in dynasty and then it depends on who you have behind but like are you still willing to ship off that depth just for anything? Like, what is that you said, like selling him off for anything? So I want to put that to the test. Like, That's does fair. that mean a late second round pick next year? Does that mean a third round pick, like a fourth round pick? Where is that threshold where you go, okay, it, given the current circumstances in the current landscape at the running back position, this is probably the lowest that I would be taking. That's fair. I, I was probably a little rash in saying that I would take anything for him. Um, but it was just more to to show the urgency that I'm trying to make sure I sell right. But I'm targeting a second round pick. That's really what I want to get. I want to get a second round pick where I can get a young player with upside in the coming years, especially the 23 class. I think it was kind of like a, a cool secret for a while. And now I think everybody knows that like the 23 class is the class to get in on. So I don't care if it's 22. I don't care if it's 23. I don't care if I even have to pair my third and Melvin Gordon to get into the second round. That's really what I'm targeting. Sure. All right. So for me, my first sell high player here is Antonio Brown. Uh, Antonio Brown coming off just a ridiculous performance here this past week. And I wanted to play this for if we remove the fluke week two outing against Atlanta from AB statistics here this year in Tampa Bay, here's what his weekly average would look like from a production standpoint. 8.66 targets, 6.33 receptions, 102.66 receiving yards, and one touchdown per game. That is his, that is his average so far this season. If we remove that fluky two, you know, week two performance against Atlanta. So with AB, he is absolutely someone that a contending roster wants to have on their team. And if I am sitting there and I am currently, you know, just under 500 or maybe I'm one and four, whatever my record is, I'm not looking like I'm going to be able to compete this year. And I do have AB who is what, 34 years old, 33, 34 years old at this point. I am selling him high. Like I am selling right now to a contending team because this is a mutually beneficial trade. This is something where I can get a younger wide receiver, maybe one of the players that we'll talk about here for a buy low candidate. A a younger wide receiver that's going to help me long term or a, you know, second round uh, draft pick, something like that, that can help me long term. And then the contending team is going to be able to get Antonio Brown, who is probably going to be able to help them contend for a title here this year. I don't know how much longer AB is going to be playing. So as I look at the performances across the league yesterday. AB is at the top of the list of who I am looking to take advantage of what he did here this past week and sell high. No, I'm absolutely with you. I think that's a that's a, a trade that absolutely can be beneficial for other people because we've had some of these top tier receivers that have disappointed at, at this point this season. So you can you can ship him out. And I still think he's going to have a good season. So especially if you're not a team that is, you know, you, you think you can win it all this year. That's a it's a great move to 
to to get him off your roster because he only has so many years left. It's 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 honestly right. surprising that he's even still able to do what he's doing there in Tampa <laughs> right, Bay with right. Tom Brady. Yep. All right, let's turn it back to you for your second sell high player. Yeah, my second sell high player is somebody that might not have had an amazing game this week, but up until this point, I was talking about the narrative of, of these running backs, and he had just had uh, an unreal stretch to start the season, and that's Chase Edmonds for the Arizona Cardinals. Now, I am somebody that I am always willing to wheel and deal running backs. Uh, even though there have been times that I have acquired Chase Edmonds this offseason, I do still have some very real concerns about how they view Chase Edmonds. I think he is going mm-hmm. to be a receiving back on this team for the foreseeable future. So if you see him as a Naheem Hines, if you see him as a, uh, you know, what what we used to get with, with Sproles and, and some of those guys, then I'm okay with that. James White, uh, I don't know that he'll have quite that high of production, but he's in that type of mold. But there are people that believe that he is their running back, that he is their guy. And the biggest issue that we really see is, as soon as it gets down to the goal line, as soon as we get inside the red zone, Chase Edmonds is off the field. It's going to James Conner. Right. Now, I'm not advocating buying James Conner either because it's it's really hard to buy any player that is in a niche role. And that's really what we have with Chase Edmonds here right now is, is he's in a niche role. He's, he does get some run, but this past week he only got five rushing attempts. Last week was one of his, his season highs at 12. Uh, but But that was just kind of how the game played out. Most weeks we're looking at eight carries, nine carries, and that's that's a fine situation for a flex running back. If you have a guy that can get you three or four catches and then another you know, eight rushes for 30 yards, cool. That's awesome for your flex play, but there are teams that are in need for RB2s right now. If I'm not a contending team that needs that RB depth, this is a guy that I think you could ship out, and, and similar to AB, he could absolutely be beneficial for a team. But we also have the very right, real right. possibility where he doesn't have a main job on this team and they end up drafting a three-down back. Now, 22 class isn't great. More than likely, that would be in the 23 class. But either way, I, I don't ever see a future for a true three-down, top 12 type of player in, in Arizona for Chase Edmonds. I think it all comes down to expectation management for Chase Edmonds. And it's like, how? what are you actually expecting here from Chase Edmonds moving forward? Now, you and I are on Twitter all the time. Like, we see the hype for Chase Edmonds. Yep. We see that people believe that he can be a potential three-down running back. And that is just simply not the case. He has a limited ceiling because, like you mentioned, when it is in the red zone, he is coming off the field. Like, he is not involved. And I think even if James Conner were to go down with an injury, I don't think that we see that role, like, suddenly go to Chase Edmonds. You know, I think that we're going to see potentially, you know, Benjamin or we see Kyla Murray uh, more involved as a runner around the goal line. Like, I don't think that suddenly Chase Edmonds becomes a top 12 fantasy football running back. So I think that being able to take advantage of some people that do have that expectation in mind for Chase Edmonds that are or have unrealistic expectations for him, that is the way that you can frame this. That is the way that you can look at it. And you can also, I mean, selling high, like, you know, he didn't have a great performance this last week, but he was also coming into that game banged up. So that's something where you can kind of uh, frame it to be able to say, oh, well, he was dealing with a little bit of an injury, but you know, he did play. He seems like he's going to be fine moving forward. So that's at least how you can frame that and uh, and sell that to another dynasty manager in your league. I'm going to go here with another running back. I am going to go with Miles Gaskin. And for Miles Gaskin, I think that he had been one of these guys that was just so steady, so 
reliable. Now, he wasn't bringing much upside. It was very similar to Chase Edmonds, where you just knew what you were going to get. You knew that you were going to get low-end RB2 production every single week. You could count on it, and you felt fine with it. However, then in week four, he goes down to 12 total snaps and two total touches. Like, it was it was so weird what happened with Miles Gaskin, and we didn't get an explanation for it whatsoever. Across every format this past week, everyone sat Miles Gaskin. Like, if you played Miles Gaskin, it was because you were absolutely, absolutely desperate at the running back position, and you had no other choice. And he comes through with 10 receptions for two total touchdowns yesterday, adds five uh, five attempts on the ground as well. So it's just crazy what happened with Miles Gaskin. Now, I'm saying that this is the opportunity for you to sell Miles Gaskin to a manager who is not paying close enough attention to be able to see that he had that dramatic drop off the week prior. Uh, you can maybe sell it in a way to be able to frame it, say like, oh, that was just a one fluke performance. He's going to be fine. This is what he can give you. He can give you this as a receiver. This is the game that you sell Miles Gaskin off because you're never going to get a bigger performance from him ever. I think <laughs> like ever moving forward. And I want to be rid of the headache that is this situation, the Miami Dolphins running back situation. Like, I just don't want to deal with it. So if you can sell him off, and the name that came to mind here, and I wanted your opinion, Garrett, Daryl Henderson. Now, I get that Daryl Henderson is like a potential top 12 running back this year for dynasty purposes, right? Or, or for redraft purposes. But from a dynasty perspective, we've got Cam Akers coming back next year. So there is this kind of like balancing out saying, okay, well, Miles Gaskin, would you sell him for Daryl Henderson? The, the fantasy manager, if they are stacked at running back, they're probably not going to need to rely on Daryl Henderson. They might look at Miles Gaskin and say, well, I can rely on him as a starter for, you know, next year and stuff like that. They might view it as an upgrade. But do we actually think that that's going to be the case with Miles Gaskin? Does he have this job moving forward? So I just wanted your thought on that with Miles Gaskin for Daryl Henderson. I think you might have to give a little bit on top of Miles Gaskin in order to get Daryl Henderson, but I would have no problem doing that because you're right, you do have this uh, a little bit of a cap ceiling uh with with Daryl Henderson right now because we know that Cam Akers is coming back, but <clears throat> we we still don't know what Cam Akers we're getting when we get back. We assume that right. he'll be able Very to true. recover. We assume that he'll be able to get back to close to full speed, but it's still very uncharted waters to see something like that happen at the running back position. So there is a little bit of murkiness there. And even let's say he does come back to full strength. We've noticed that the Rams still really like to kind of manage some of these guys' workloads. They like to mix in different backs. They're doing that right now with Henderson and Sony. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they they did that with Henderson and, and Cam Akers next year as well. So I still think that there's value to be had long term for Henderson just as long as your expectation isn't top 12 running back if you're thinking low end RB2 high end RB3 next year then you're going to be very happy with what you get probably out of Daryl Henderson yeah I was just curious that name came up and I was thinking about that I was like would I actually make that trade for Miles Gaskin for Daryl Henderson if I was the Gaskin owner I wanted your thoughts there let's go back to you for your third sell high my last one is somebody that is definitely coming off a hot week and actually several hot weeks in a row. Right now, I'm looking to sell the uber hot Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox is a is a, is a player that is in his third season coming out of Ole Miss. He was there with A.J. Brown. He was there with D.K. Metcalf. And up until this point, he's been a relative disappointment. Now, young tight ends typically don't put up huge numbers, but uh, he was a relative disappointment coming into this year. But since then, in PPR leagues, He's not had less than eight points so far, and he has had five touchdowns over the past four games. Now, 
touchdowns are very hard to sustain. It's very hard to predict when they're going to come. Uh, it's much easier to project targets and, and, and certain red zone and different mm-hmm. things like that. So it can be a little fluky there with, with the, the end zone targets. But overall, the targets for Dawson Knox are really not that great. In those five games where he had a touchdown, total targets, we're not talking red zone, we're talking total targets, three, five, his high point with eight, and then back down to four. So he hasn't had a lot of targets in here. So that tells me that the sustainability of this is probably pretty low. But when you can show someone four straight games with a touchdown and three straight weeks with 15 points or more, like that's got to be appealing. And I think this is a great opportunity to get some guys that maybe over the past couple of weeks haven't disappointment disappointed, but we know either have a higher ceiling or have a better track record. Like past couple of weeks, Darren Waller has been down a little bit. Maybe you can give Dawson plus a little right. bit, get Darren Waller. Maybe you could go after TJ Hawkinson. Maybe even it's going to be tough after this week because he did finally break out, but maybe even Kyle Pitts, you can package something together and, and look at Kyle Pitts. But this is a guy that I do want to sell high. I think Dawson Knox is a fine player, but I just don't know that it's sustainable for him to be able to continue this level of production on such few opportunities. If fantasy managers have Dawson Knox on their roster, he most likely was not going into the year their tight end one, right? right? Like he was at best their tight end two, sometimes the tight end three, depending on the size of the dynasty roster. So I think what I want to ask you here is depending on who, obviously it all depends on who they have as their tight end one on their roster, but would you actually be looking to take Dawson Knox and ship him off for a wide receiver or a uh, a running back, you know, for a team that needs that tight end? Is that something that you would actually consider being able to pull from your newfound tight end depth and sell high, absolutely sell high in a player like Dawson Knox? Now, he has the potential to continue to produce for fantasy football rosters just based on the offense that he's in, but not at this rate, not at this level, which is the point that you're making here. So would you actually be looking to pull from that tight end depth and not just sell straight up for another tight end, but potentially another position group? Absolutely. I always like to try to make sure that I'm solid at tight end. So that's why I... I focus in on those positions because it's such an advantage when your tight ends are giving you good production every week because even, right. you know, best case scenario, maybe there's six teams that are happy with their tight end situation in your league. Um, so even if he was your tight end too, it was, you know, tight end two behind Logan Thomas, like, ah, oh, crap, what do I do now? You know, right. so that's why. But yes, absolutely. If you were already sporting Travis Kelsey, you were already sporting Kyle Pitts, you were already sporting one of these guys, then yes, absolutely Go out and try to get that RB2 that you were missing or the flex play that you're missing. Try to, you know, give a little bit on top to go after a disappointing wide receiver so far, like a like a Calvin Ridley or, or, or somebody that hasn't produced like they were supposed to. Capitalize on those windows. I think it's a great, a great deal for you. Yep. Uh, you mentioned there that, you know, there are like six teams in your league that are happy with the tight end position. And so whenever a player has a kind of uh, a, a bigger performance, you know, like definitely like Dawson Knox, he's done it to get a strong, a couple together here, but I'm talking about Hunter Henry here as my last sell high player. Hunter Henry here came through with a solid performance and he has seen a significant amount of snaps in this offense. We've seen John Smith kind of fade to the background, which hurts every single part of my being, <laughs> but we have Hunter Henry as kind of the main tight end option in this offense now. And I think that we're going to see him continue to 
at least produce, but very similar to Dawson Knox. Like you were going, you weren't going into the year with him as your tight end one on your roster, most likely. So as we look at Hunter Henry and coming off of this big performance here where he did find the end zone, this is the opportunity where I want to look at the other teams that are in my league and say, who needs a tight end? And I am going to find them and I am going to try to ship off Hunter Henry right now because also this offense, I still don't want to buy into it. I still don't want to believe in it. So if I do have a more proven tight end there, above Hunter Henry on the depth chart then I on my fantasy football uh, depth chart, then I at least feel comfortable shipping him off for premium value. So Hunter Henry wanted to mention him really quick. Let's go over to the buy low section here. The players that have disappointed at least this past week, maybe a couple weeks here, and that we can capitalize on this, uh, on the perception of them. So let's turn it over to you, Garrett. Who's your first buy low player? Well, I kind of already spoiled it a little bit because I mentioned Melvin Gordon, but I'm I'm buying on, on Javante Williams. And I'm going to preface it with saying it's going to be hard to buy low on Javante Williams because everybody right. is looking for young, talented running back. So it's not just like, oh, yeah, I'll give you my second rounder for Javante. Like you're going to have to pay <laughs> right. a premium still to get Javante Williams. But Javante still hasn't had that. Oh, my gosh, 110 yards and two touchdowns and five catches for 50. Like he hasn't had that game yet. But the biggest reason he hasn't had that game yet isn't because he's not doing some incredible things on the field. You, there, It seems like every week there's a highlight or two from Javante Williams just wrecking a defense on a play, and then he gets four more carries the rest of the game. You know, And so that's <laughs> right. the toughest part right now is it's tough to trust Javante enough to start him, and I think that's where fantasy managers might be a little frustrated because you probably took him in a, in a 1QB league. You probably took him with a top five pick. Uh, super flex, you probably took him with a top eight pick or so. So you, you're usually wanting to start those guys right away. So you're probably frustrated, but the yards per carrier there, um, the, the receiving game, he's being used more and more in the receiving game, four targets, three targets, three targets over the past three weeks. And he, he just, it's one of those things where I, I go back to my, the college tape too, because he's still such a young player. And the things that I saw on his college tape that made me brazen enough to have him as the most talented back in the class, I still right. see all of right. those same things translating to the NFL right now. It's just a matter of, you know, two weeks ago, he put up 48 yards, uh, but he only had seven carries. He put up 61 yards this week, only had eight carries. So that's the thing. I think as the season goes on, it's going to be very similar to what we saw with J.K. Dobbins last year, Cam Akers last year, Jonathan Taylor last year. A lot of these young running backs where they're sharing a lot early on in the season. And as the season goes on, they get a bigger and bigger share of that workload. I think that's what's going to continue to happen with Javante Williams, which is not a surprise. That's what I thought was going to happen in the beginning of the year. So I'm not disappointed in the least. This is what I expected to happen. Now I think we're going to start to see that next level of week seven, week eight. We're starting to see, you know, maybe 55% of the workload and then 60, 65, 70. And I think it'll creep up as, as the weeks go on. It's really interesting, the short-term perception that we play with as fantasy managers, even in Dynasty. Like, I drafted Javante Williams in the league, and I had to start him because I desperately need running backs, and I need to be able to play these guys. And so I've been starting Javante Williams this entire year, and I'm like, oh my word, like, do something. Like, give him the, the majority of the care. Dude, we're only five games into a 17-week, you know, 18-week, right. really, season. Like, 17 games. We need to at least be 
thinking with a broader perspective here. So yes, you are absolutely correct that you are not going to be able to just steal Javante Williams off someone else's roster, but the frustration level is there because he hasn't hit the way that Najee Harris has. So yeah, I definitely think that Javante Williams, you're going to have to pay up, but I do think that we're going to start to see uh, him eventually take over this backfield towards the latter half of this year. I don't know when exactly that's going to happen, but it will happen. Uh, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go back to the tight end position here from my buy low player. And that is Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard has absolutely disappointed fantasy managers so far this year. Now he's had a couple of Uh, bigger performances, but for the perception that we had of him coming into the year, which a lot of people did, I was a little bit more hesitant, but was that he was a low end tight end one that he was going to eventually take, he was going to take over this tight end room. Zach Ertz was going to be a non-factor. Zach Ertz was going to be maybe traded. Like there was a lot of optimism and hope for Dallas Goddard. And he has absolutely disappointed fantasy managers this year who had that perception. I'm saying to go out and buy Dallas Goddard because he's coming off of a two for 28 game. Could have been a lot bigger if he had caught that wide open touchdown in the red zone, been able to walk that in. But a two for 28 game, we need to think about Dallas Goddard too as the long term and in a long term perspective here. Zach Ertz probably going to be on this roster in Philadelphia for the next couple of years until he retires. Dallas Goddard, his contract is up at the end of this year, so he could be walking into free agency and he could get handed a ton of money to be the starting tight end for another NFL team. And that is the time when Dallas Goddard is going to be that mid-range to low-end tight end one, maybe even a top five fantasy tight end. So if you can take advantage of the perception that people have right now where they're a little frustrated, they're not thinking about the end of the year and what's to come. They're thinking about what they need right now, especially if they are a struggling team and they want to compete, then you can take advantage of that and get Dallas Goddard off their roster. Let's go back to you for your second. My second by low player is somebody, if you follow me on Twitter or you listen to the dynasty nerds podcast, you're not going to be surprised about this one because I am continuously buying low on this player. Uh, I'm trying to acquire him in almost every league that I possibly can because I believe in the talent uh, and I believe in the situation more than other people do. And because of that, I'm buying Michael Pittman jr. Uh, Over the past three weeks, 32 targets. That is, that is a huge amount for a wide receiver, 32 targets. So it means he's averaging over 10 targets per game. Um, the, the frustrating part, the reason that you can still buy low, because you know you look at something like that and you would say, how can you buy low on a guy that's gotten 32 targets over the past three weeks? He's got his, his, his values has to be skyrocketing. Well, he hasn't found the end zone yet. And that's a big thing that unfortunately people look at is they just want to see the total fantasy points. And the total fantasy points haven't quite been there yet. Now, there have been times where he's been a yard or two away or he's been overthrown in the end zone. Uh, but we also need to remember that this is a this is a brand new team in the sense of we have a, we have a brand new quarterback in Carson Wentz who is, yes, he has some familiarity with Frank Reich, but he's still trying to figure out this whole new team. And he was disrupted for most of training camp slash preseason because of that foot injury. So he missed four or five weeks. That is very, very crucial time to get everything together. So this is an offense that's still figuring it out. And, and we're very impatient. We want everything to be like Brandon Staley in the, in the chargers and just come out of the gates running. And it's just going to be amazing. Well, most situations are more like this where the new quarterback, or if it's a new coach, or if it's a new, you know, some big transition and a big key in the offense, it, typically not always but it typically takes a few weeks a couple months to really get acclimated to really get things going 
I think we're starting to see better chemistry. And the best part of this is, I don't know when this is going out, if it's going out today, if it's going out tomorrow, whatever. The Colts are playing the Baltimore Ravens tonight on Monday Night Football. Chances are Mm -hmm. he's going to be seeing Marlon Humphreys, who's one of the best corners in the league. So I am not anticipating a huge game tonight from Michael Pittman because of that. But this guy still hasn't played Jacksonville yet in his division, who he gets to play twice. He hasn't played Houston yet, who he gets to play twice. And he has those right, guys, those teams right. in this division for the rest of his career, assuming that he's still in Indianapolis. So it's going to take a while for both of those teams to rebuild. We're seeing how talent devoid those teams are right now. So it's going to be a while. Those are four weeks every year where you can expect at least three of those games to be really, really good games for him. So I'm a big believer right now. T.Y. Hilton has been hurt. He's on his way out. Paris Campbell just can't stand the field. The next best part of this receiving game is Zach Pascal, a guy nobody was really counting on coming into the year. That's been fine. But this is this is Michael Pittman's team. This is Michael Pittman's receiving court. And I think he's the apple of Carson Wentz's eye. So anyone who has listened to the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Football Podcast knows that I absolutely won't shut up about Michael <laughs> Pittman Jr. as well. We're so boys. we are right in this together, man. We are in this together, man. I think that he has just, I mean, what he has done, 250 receiving yards over the last three weeks, tied for the third most inside the 10 targets in the NFL uh, going into the last week. Like he is, the touchdowns are coming. And like you said, it might not happen here in this matchup up against Baltimore, but he's been producing against Tough defenses like Miami, like the Rams, like he has done it. And yeah, you're right. Absolutely right. With Carson Wentz on like half of an angle. (laughs) So I think that Michael Pittman Jr. Yeah, better days are coming. The touchdowns are coming. This is really, I think, your last chance to buy low on Pittman before he explodes. I'm going to go really quickly with Jalen Waddle here, the wide receiver for the Miami Dolphins. Now, coming into the year, the reason why I'm talking about Waddle as a buy low candidate is because the expectations coming into the year, and again, this is the way that we need to think about trading in Dynasty is expectation management. What is the fantasy manager thinking that has Waddle currently on the roster? They had heard all throughout the offseason that Waddle was potentially the next Justin Jefferson coming into this year. And now, obviously, Tua Tungabailoa being injured doesn't help that. Uh, and Waddle has had a couple of down performances here the last couple weeks, and he has not lived up to that hype. Now, again, I think the quarterback play definitely plays a role in that, and I think that we're going to see him start to rebound once Tua comes back into the lineup. So I'm saying I'm highlighting Waddle here is just saying, let's make sure that if we can get him right now, if we can steal him away from that fantasy manager right now, this dude still has a very, very bright future in the NFL for a very, very long time. So go acquire Jalen Waddle if you can in your league. Let's go lightning round through your last. Yeah, buy low and, player and I don't think it takes much to convince you on this one. So I don't need a ton of time, but I'm going out to, to try to get A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown's one of the best young receivers in football, but people are frustrated. I've gotten a lot of tweets, a lot of messages about it. He's only had four catches, three catches, two zeros because of injury, and then a three. So he has not caught a lot of passes. People are worried. They're panicked. We're talking about the player that at 22 years old or 23, I don't remember. Either, either way, 22, 23 years old last season was a wide receiver one overall in the year despite missing two games on a points per game basis, he was wide receiver six in a run first offense. He is a talent. He is a great player. I'm assuming that there is a discount out there right now. If there is go buy AJ Brown. 
100% man I have AJ Brown on a couple of my dynasty rosters I've got him actually paired with uh Allen Robinson and Odell Beckham Jr uh and and I had Robert Woods on that wow, team too so my, uh, it's 0 and 5 it's fine everything's everything's fine uh so AJ Brown definitely it was frustrating especially for again expectations coming into the year it was like this guy could see 140 targets uh even with Julio Jones in the fold and it's just not happening here so Definitely. I still think that AJ Brown is worth buying in dynasty. I'm going to go with a player here, a wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to go with Michael Gallup. I think that this is your kind of last chance to make a sneaky trade here before he comes off of IR. And it's kind of the same along the same vein of uh, Dallas Goddard, where we look at the contract and we say, okay, at the end of this year, Dallas probably not going to be able to retain Michael Gallup. I think that he could end up in Chicago next year. I think he could end up in a different offense that is going to be able to feature him. And so if I can get him for a second round pick right now, again, taking advantage of someone not thinking about the long term outlook for Michael Gallup and just thinking about I need, uh, you know, they've got him on IR. They need a win right away. Then you could potentially sell one of these players that we talked about earlier, a Antonio Brown, Miles Gaskin, you know, Hunter Henry, Dawson Knox, package them, do whatever it takes to be able to get someone like Michael Gallup on your roster. Because, again, that's a long term outlook here for Gallup. I think that he's in for. Now, ending up somewhere else next year that could potentially boost his fantasy stock. All right, Garrett, thank you so much for joining me here for this episode today, man. Greatly appreciate you. Uh, why don't you let everyone else know what you've got going on here at Dynasty? Yeah, yeah. The big thing we're doing right now is we're just pumping so much time, effort, energy into the Dynasty GM tool. Uh, it's a great way to have a good outlook for your your, your Dynasty teams. Uh, but as a Dynasty guy and, and a Devi guy at heart, uh, I'm always looking for the next guy, the next class, the next thing. So uh, we're also in the Dynasty Nerds film room trying to make sure that we're looking at the 22 class, the 23 class, the 24 class, and trying to scoop up some of these prospects, give you the best possible information that we can. I love it. Again, you can find and follow him over on Twitter at Dynasty Price. That will do it for today's episode. Greatly appreciate all of you tuning back in and listening. We'll be back next week with another episode for Garrett Price. I'm Kyle Yates. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Football Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy Pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 